Welcome to Founders House. I'm your host, Milan Erhardt, and today I'm joined by my friend, Bernie Rivard, who I met at a networking event about a month ago called LYPN. Bernie studied law at King's College London, interned at a number of prestigious companies, and will be starting work at Travis Smith next year. Bernie and I discussed everything from the future of online work, graduating during COVID, dealing with imposter syndrome, social media, and his top tips for aspiring lawyers. So without further ado, please welcome Bernie Rivard. So could you just explain to us what commercial law is exactly? I'd say c- commercial law, you're essentially helping you know, businesses achieve their goals and, and manage risks. So I'd say, I'd say it's anticipating and solving complex problems on behalf of businesses. So it's like a corporate lawyer, basically. Exactly, exactly. And funnily enough, one, one guy uh, that one, one of my mentors mentioned to me that what commercial lawyers do is essentially manage risk and manage expectations. So you've got kind of a crazy story about how you got your internship at Beamery. You were working at Crafty Council and literally just cold emailed someone over LinkedIn. Uh, like, tell me how that happened. Um, pretty much. I mean, again, it's tiny. I had a tiny, tiny foot in the door because of, you know, people at Crafty Council who knew of Beamery's uh, general counsel, their, you know, essentially their their chief legal uh, advisor. Um and and so I um, I was following this person for a while and I you know, there was an opportunity where I saw this this job opening about sort of a sort of a, a personal assistant to the CEO or some, something like that. And I thought, well, if they're looking for a personal assistant, I would be more than happy to assist and, and, and learn as much as possible from 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 them. So literally just reached out on, on LinkedIn um, and I framed it in a way was kind of like, how can I help you? Because I, I mean, if, if there's anything I, I'd, I'd mentioned to sort of aspiring lawyers in terms of how to, um, you know, make their own luck, uh, when you're asking for something, remember that people are very busy, they very rarely have time. So if you can frame it in a way, which is how can I help you and then actually showcase or, or, or discuss what you can bring to the table and that that requires you knowing your strengths and you know your experiences and and whatever and your interests as well um that can often go very far rather than how can you help me right it's it's sort of a different mindset and was it all happening online it was 99% remote we had a we had a few socials and one office day but um unfortunately it was it was remote for most of the summer and now only now they've gone back to the office which is such a shame I've missed out on so much um office time but you know, it was honestly great. Like I learned so much in those in those three months. Yeah, it is crazy. I mean, I think all the almost all the internships happened last year all online, and graduations happening online. I had so many friends last year who just graduated online, which is a shame. But uh, you know, what can you do? It's just what it is. Do you think people are going to go back to the office now, like for good, or do you think hybrid work is going to become more and more popular? It's, it's a really interesting one. I think. I think the the feeling at the moment is that there's kind of a a sort of balance or or, or there's two sides of the camp. It's those who are kind of more more of the three days remote per week and those who are kind of the more of the two days remote. I think that's where we're we're finding the real like sort of negotiation. It's who's on the three days, who's on the two days. I mean, personally, I, and I'm sure your listeners will resonate with this. I, I, in in my opinion, my early stage in 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 sort of career wise. I'd prefer being in the office five days out of five just because of the exposure and the experience. And it's just a magical um, or, or I don't know, an exciting time to be around, you know, uh, 
real professionals, right? Um, maybe you know people have told me that 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 this opinion will change, you know, two months in, and I don't want to be working from home more often. Um, but you know, isn't it the case that some of the major tech companies are buying up real estate in in sort of the major cities like London, um, or at least some tech companies? So honestly, it's 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 hard to predict. Um, and I feel that at the moment it's the younger crew who want the slightly more office time and the older crew who want a little bit less. So we have to find the right balance between, you know, meeting everyone's needs, but also making sure that the younger generations are getting the maximum amount of learning. Otherwise it would be a shame if, you know, if 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 there's some element of missing out on, on that experience and learning by osmosis i suppose yeah it is i mean it's very weird even even just doing uni online last year was was very different like there's no contact time with lectures and everyone was just emailing everyone and it was really difficult to get in touch with people because i think everyone was just inundated with with emails and it was hard to get face-to-face time it was really odd yeah it's such a weird time um and i mean there's even people in, I think, in their second years now. I mean, maybe it's it's the case for you, but there's people who've never done an actual real exam, as in an exam in an exam hall, um, because you know for for about two years now they've been online, at least the kings. So um, and maybe they will be, you know, f- uh, this year as well. So there might be some people graduating who've never been in, inside an exam hall, which is pretty crazy to think about. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is bizarre. And I feel especially bad for all the first years who, who did the entire first year online. Uh, but I think most unis have gone back to normal now. I certainly have. I think Imperial College have gone back like some kind of hybrid thing, at least for some subjects. I've got quite a few friends there and they're doing hybrid work. Um, but yeah, we'll just have to see what happens, I guess. So let's talk generally. What's the sort of biggest tra- challenge that you've had in terms of getting your career off the ground and going because I think the early stages of your career starting a business or whatever are kind of the hardest personally I mean the first thing that came to mind was I think it's a blend of imposter syndrome fear of missing out and sort of the insecure overachiever um sort of mindset so I think these things are kind of linked to each other if not they're just terms to describe interchangeable terms to describe the exact same thing which was an inner feeling that that I suppose I wasn't good enough or I needed more on my plate and on my CV in order to stand out. Um, and that, that becomes a challenge when, you know, you have certain opportunities come to you and you have, you know, other maybe personal commitments or, or whatever it may be. And you have to make these decisions as to how you spend your time. And I personally found it extremely difficult. And I personally succumbed to this fear in first year. I went to over a hundred events in my first two years, um, and that's just—it's just way too much, you know. Um, you don't need that many events to kind of inform yourself as to what a, you know, what as to what a career in this particular field looks like, and, and in order to you know meet people uh, that that might be you know interesting or or useful to learn from. Um, so, yeah, I'd say managing this fear uh, was probably the biggest challenge for me um, in 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 the first two years. I think. You know, once you have the comforting news that you have a job offer, um, it, that fear kind of fades. But I suspect that it may it, it may come back. You know, once you start your job, you're all of a sudden you're you're the most junior person on the team, and it's like I'm already sort starting to overthink. It's like how can I you know do well? How can I provide value to this team and not be <laughs> not be bad? Right? But um, it's a tough one to get out of, and I think. 
I suppose the most important thing, if, if, if I'm talking about learnings about this from this challenge was just, I suppose, accepting it and, and being first step is, I suppose, awareness and then acceptance. <laughs> I, I feel like I'm talking about Alcoholics Anonymous here, um, like the seven steps to, to curing yourself. No, um, but yeah, no, I say I'm grateful that I'm aware of this sort of phenomenon and I'm accepting it and I'm finding healthier ways to manage it, um, I suppose. But I suspect that, you know, ambitious listeners like like on, on this podcast might feel very similar, you know, might feel that insecurity and perhaps don't know where to go or or are, are overburdening themselves. So if there's any if there's a third thing I'd say for those struggling with with this insecurity or imposter syndrome, it's just um, focus on on what's essential. Right. So, the, you know, what key relationships in your life really, you know, uh, that you that you really resonate with and focus on those or what key what key things can you do in terms of your career or your studies that bring about the most value and then focus on those and then just cut honestly just cut out clean out the rest that's not essential that's not bringing as much value um and i feel that might that might help um you know <laughs> clear out the the unnecessary stuff a bit like marie kondo's tidying up you know just uh what sparks joy and keep that and what doesn't spark joy just get rid of it don't have time for that <laughs> right yeah i mean i think something that definitely a lot of people struggle with is imposter syndrome and i think i actually think for me i find social media affects it quite a lot for me because like basically all you're doing on there is just comparing yourself to what other people are doing and i feel like we kind of like aren't even supposed to like know what everyone is doing all the time and so i've, I've tried to like limit myself on social media but i've stopped like posting on there so much and looking at what other people are doing. I've just started to like compare myself to what I want to do and nice. I've had to like mentally block that and I've gotten a lot better at it. Yeah. But I think, like you said, becoming aware of it is definitely like just the first step. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I suppose it's, as you mentioned with the social media thing, um, you know, we're telling people to kind of build their own brand and, you know, showcase their, their skills and everything. But, you know, at the same time as building your own brand, you're, you're, you're on this platform, whether it's LinkedIn or Instagram, um, you know, showcasing your best self and everyone's showcasing, showcasing their best selves. And it crafts a reality that's, it's not really real, you know, like I, I often struggle with like, what do I write in my LinkedIn bio? Like what really do I have to offer the world? And, and, and I'm overthinking about like, do I include personal facts or, or what am, what am I doing here, right? So I suppose it's a really interesting. I suppose it's a really interesting challenge, um, an, an interesting one, and hopefully people don't get overwhelmed and 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 realize that ninety nine percent of everyone else is is feeling the exact same way and and uh, struggling to kind of balance being on the platform, but also uh, realizing that what you see isn't really what you get. So did you always know that you wanted to be a lawyer? It's it's a really tough one. I mean, looking back, I th I suppose it's easy to think that. It was in my mind because, you know, it's something that, that I, I definitely considered. And I read one of the, you know, one of the famous books called Letters to a Law Student um, and, you know, at a, quite, at a quite young age. And so it was always there. But I, I don't think I really seriously considered at least becoming a co commercial lawyer. I mean, I had no idea what that was until, you know, I got into my first year of, of university. Um, so it was in my mind. And then I think looking back, it's easy to, sit, to say, well, you know, my personality and my experiences kind of fit well. And I think they do. Um, but uh, no, honestly, I, 
I say commercial law as a career, I'd only decided, you know, two years ago, but uh, law as a sort of degree, which is quite honestly quite different from from what I, I think I'll be doing as a commercial lawyer. Um, that I'd only realized maybe at 16 or, or 15 really properly. Yeah. Can we do just a very quick, cheesy, quick fire round? Of course. I love, I love cheesy fire <laughs> rounds. <laughs> um, do you have a favorite band or favorite artist? I love music. I'd say if there's a, if there's a genre that, that I like, I do like a good acapella uh, group. Um, I mean, there are a bunch of different groups that I like, but I do like complex harmonies. Um, and um, on, the other, on the other hand, I do quite like techno and edm so honestly <laughs> all sorts of music i i love it so um you know it's that's, yeah. that's the hardest question you could ask me of today <laughs> <laughs> yeah also i've re only recently gotten into like house and techno music because it was a genre that i really didn't used to like at all i always used to listen to like kind of complicated harmonious music um that i really like kind of like old school sort of stuff um but i've recently gotten into abbott but were were you in an acapella group I was indeed, yeah. I mean, um, I was part of this, this group called All the King's Men, and that's kind of where the love of acapella came through. I mean, if you think of Pitch Perfect, it literally was like that. Um, but no, yeah, acapella, techno, I mean, you'd be surprised as to how many lawyers are into that as well. I mean, I actually met this partner from a, from a US law firm uh, a few months ago, and he, he produces his own techno, uh, techno music. So, you know... Um, think uh we we should shout more about our, our music preferences and maybe we find some commonalities with the rest of the world <laughs> yeah definitely um just one final question do you have any advice for someone who's our age who's an aspiring lawyer maybe they've just started uni maybe they started uni uh last year during covid um what sort of general advice do you have for someone who's just getting started now okay i've got some i've got one piece of advice um and it's it's a tough one it's it's kind of a brutal one um, but I'm a firm believer in this. So with a competitive industry like law and like w whether it's finance or real estate, in any competitive industry, it's obviously going to be extremely hard to, you know, be successful or at least get your first foot in the door. Um, on the other hand, there's probably many ways to be successful. Um, however, I'm a firm believer in that where you spend your time and where you spend, you know, your money is a reflection of your values and your priorities, Right. So if you say, you know, I want to be a commercial lawyer and you're not spending any time reading about businesses or reading about the types of work that commercial lawyers do, um, do you really want it that badly, right? Um, so it, it speaks to something which is talked about in the book, Think and Grow Rich, you know, if you want something as bad as air, you will put the things in place in order to get it. Yeah, I'd say it's a competitive industry, but how you spend your time is a reflection of your your values and your priorities. So you know, I'm encouraging some reflection, you know, look at your calendars and what do you, what are you spending the most of your time on? Is it video games or X, Y, Z, or is it actually engaging and, and, um, talking to people and trying to really, um, you know, get your, get your foot in the door. So it's, it's a tough piece of advice. Um, if I had to summarize it, reflect on where and when you're spending your time and that will show you what really matters to you. A huge thanks to Bernie Rivard for joining me here on the Founders House podcast. If you haven't done so already, please follow and subscribe, possibly even leave a rating. It really helps out the, uh, the algorithm. Once again, shout out to Bernie Rivard for joining me here. I'll see you next time.